With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning and welcome to the Football Social Daily. Spring is in the air, flowers are blooming, birds are tweeting and Burnley are waking up from their winter hibernation as the Clarets push against the Premier League drop. Sean Dyche's side take on Leicester tonight in what seems like a never-ending random set of midweek Premier League fixtures. A point on the board will be enough to drag them out of the relegation zone for the first time this season. Burnley fans won't need reminding of that. And if they do get out of the bottom three tonight, they will plunge Everton down into the mire. We'll be previewing a big, big night at Turf Moor in part one of today's show as Dyche looks to Burnleyfy the relegation scrap. In part two, it's FA Cup action with three last 16 ties on offer tonight. Pep Guardiola's treble push continues as they go to Championship Strugglers Peterborough. Crystal Palace play host to Stoke and Spurs head off to giant killers Middlesbrough. And then to wrap it all up, we'll be talking Leeds. Yes, there's a new man in charge at Elland Road. 48 hours on from Marcelo Bielsa picking up his bucket and moving on, the club have unveiled former RB Leipzig coach Jesse Marsh as their relegation saviour. So plenty to get through on today's show. My name's Fergal. On uh, Tuesday duty today, we have Mr. Ian Brannan, Leeds fan, Mr. Ian Brannan, how are we doing this morning? Oh yeah, ready for a bit of soccer ball. Wow, that's I mean that's that's the passion yeah. that he'll be that's the passion that Jesse Marsh will be looking to bring. Um <laughs> you might get yourself a game this weekend with that type of attitude. <laughs> I think uh, if you're free, that's right. Get on the phone to him. You get... Extra time multi ball, no more draws. <laughs> I think uh, I think Leeds United could have themselves a new star in the relegation scrap. Ian, if you're free the next few weekends, get on the phone to Jesse. You could get get yourself yeah. a game. I'm all for it. I'm, I want to do the the uh, the uh, pitch announcing at Elland Road. <laughs> I think you know we've got to bring the NFL right here to, uh, to to Yorkshire. Bring it on. Yeah, you know I'll be all over that. It's going to be a hell of a change. Halftime monster trucks from uh, from Marcelo Bielsa yeah. style to uh, to Jesse March. But we are we are going to get stuck into <laughs> to Jesse in part three and and talk about the job at hand for him at Leeds. But there's there's a fair few games to get through in the meantime. Um, alongside Ian, I'm taking a break from the FA Cup because Manchester United are already out. We have temporary, mi- wow. temporary, wow. temporary, <laughs> temporary Middlesbrough fan. That's what we're going to call you, temporary Middlesbrough fan, Joel Tudor. Joel, how are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm not so good after that disgraceful intro. Um, but yeah, I think uh, with Ian, I think are you trying to get um, the role of the interpreter now that Bielsa's gone for yeah. something? The new match yeah. interpreter. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's been a lot said about the interpreter, um, but he's um, he he's the um, the analyst. Yeah. 
the foot one, or one of the top football analysts, and so um, he's actually an employee of Leeds United. I'm told, so he he is um, probably going to stay um, with his workload ridiculously reduced. I would imagine because um, the, the the amount of stats that Bielsa <laughs> relied on, of course, I don't think be quite as intense. And of course, he doesn't have to go on national TV to to, <laughs> to interpret Marcelo Bielsa. The biggest thing was Marcelo Bielsa can speak yeah. English. He just chooses not to for the interviews. So. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, he, uh, he he holds himself to a high set of standards, does uh, does Bielsa? But as I say, Leeds Leeds and what can come from the Jesse Lucian, the Jesse Revolution. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on. Um, something a bit more straightforward is Burnley against Leicester tonight. Joel, as I mentioned in the intro, a win or a draw does mean that Burnley are out of the bottom three for the first time this season. If they get a draw, they're out on goal difference. If they win, they could potentially go as high as fifteenth tonight. And Looking at the situation they find themselves in, only Newcastle have got better form in the bottom half. Eight points in their last five games. That mightn't sound wildly exciting, but when you've been pretty much bottom or second bottom for the entire season, that is a big, big run of results. Um, And they do have a good record against Leicester. Three wins and a draw in their last five home Premier League games against the Foxes. And Sean Dyche, we've been here before. We know the tail of the tape. He doesn't make a lot of changes. Looking at his last three games where they picked up some big points, he's only made one change. That was Nathan Collins and James Tarkowski. Even with a couple of relatively important injuries, Charlie Taylor and Matt Loughton, Connor Roberts has come in and impressed. Eric Peters is a bit of an old war dog that can come in and do a job. Burnley are doing just what Sean Dyche would have wanted them to do. Hitting the right type of form at the right time in the season and from being dead and buried they're now in a position where they're the form team down at the bottom yeah I mean it's the story of Burnley isn't it every single season they always seem either down and out and everyone's writing them off and then suddenly they miraculously rise from the dead like Jesus I mean when you look at um, just last month I think I don't think anyone would have put their money on Burnley being able to get out of that rut that they were in because they'd had one win in I think 20 Premier League games and when you're on that kind of form and obviously they lost their main striker Chris Wood to relegation battlers Newcastle as well so I think when everyone saw that happen it looked like the writing was on the wall for them for the first time I think in a few years I wouldn't have put my money on them staying up but when you look at the last five games they've had one defeat in the last five games and that defeat was only to Liverpool which you know is commendable to any team really and then they've beaten Tottenham all on the way they've taken points off Manchester United they've got a solid away draw at Crystal Palace they defeated Brighton away from home 3-0 like as well as taking points of Arsenal as well I mean they're in a really really good form it's form that aside probably in the top half of the table would look at and think you know that's pretty commendable form so honestly I think there's only one man you need to be praising in this whole thing and that's Sean Dyche because season after season he just proves himself every single year with the most shoestring budget in the Premier League I think uh, Val Veghorst was probably his biggest signing in about six years wasn't it I think after Chris Wood yeah. when they actually signed and Maxwell Cornier of course but it's um, it's, it's a commendable position for Sean Dyche to be in and going up to 15th after such a difficult month of a lot of switching and changing, uh, it looks like Val Verkost is starting to find his feet a little bit. He had a lot of, um, he was instrumental in a few of those victories in the last five games as well. So it's um, it, it's a good time for Burnley at the moment. They're on a really good upward trajectory. And even though they've got a couple of tricky fixtures to come, they've got Leicester obviously next, and then they've got Chelsea at home. But you know, when you look at Chelsea at home, you think. Chelsea have probably got the harder game than Burnley mm. to be honest because Burnley really make it difficult at Turf more so mm. you know you've fair play to them they've really um, they've proved a lot of people wrong and they have done for so many years now Looking at the situation with Leicester Ian because this is almost a polar opposite we talked about a positive upturn for Burnley and Sean Dyche getting it right at the right time of the season Leicester are in a completely different situation they're third bottom of the form table just above Leeds and Brentford they are short on positives Brendan Rodgers for whatever reason does look to be he looks to be almost defeated there's been talk of maybe his head was turned by Man United or maybe by the fact that he's concerned about players that are going to leave in the summer and there is one big bit of news building into this and and Leicester fans do need a positive Jamie Vardy is back he's back in training and Brendan Rodgers has said that he will be included in the squad tonight but 
The standout stat for Jamie Vardy this season and for Leicester is that despite the fact he's been out for three months, he's still their top goal scorer in the Premier League. Nine Premier League goals despite that lengthy absence to injury. We've talked about this so many times with Leicester of what's up with Leicester, why can't they really get it together? That is a really glaring statement of when a player is out for that long, even if it is Jamie Vardy, they can't still be your top goal scorer. No, it has been um, a bit of a thing, you know, getting goals for for Leicester, and I know this because <laughs> in my fantasy team, I've, I've I've had various Leicester players in there, um, and none of them have contributed anything really, um, and you know, not that that should be the, the sort of you know marker of of exactly what's going on with the Leicester team, but you know, these these players are not really contributing in the way that you would think. I mean, you know, Ian Acho, um, I. I he's previously been a fairly decent player you know and, and you'd think that in the absence of um, someone like Jamie Vardy that he would step up to the plate and whilst he has I think scored a couple of goals he's not really filled the void has he and as you say really it's only Jamie Vardy who seems to be the consistent danger and and whilst various players are, are capable of scoring and, and he have scored of course they just seem to be a little bit you know, it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? There's nobody there that, you know, like Liverpool, for example, you know, you know that Mo Salah and Sane are, are, are going to be a danger. But you look at the rest of the team, and apart from Jamie Vardy, there's, there's no one there who really strikes fear into anybody. They've got Lookman, you know, but he's not really contributed a great deal either. It has been disappointing. And to be honest, I get that impression. I'm not a Leicester fan. I'm sort of, you know, very much a Leicester in my outer orbit of, of the Premier League in terms of, of, of what's going on there. But they do seem to be sort of, or maybe Brendan Rodgers is a masked kind of a, what would you call it, like a money ball sort of idea of team. A lot of, a lot of players who have got great potential on paper and great stats, but they don't really do it. And it sort of hasn't really worked out. And I think he's gone around signing some of these players, thinking that, you know, oh, this liar, you know, there's a, there's a gem in there, a little diamond, I can bring him out. Uh, but it hasn't worked out this time. And uh, whilst they've got some good players in their, in their sides, it just seems a bit meh. That's how I think of Leicester. <laughs> with but with Vardy, probably beat Leeds with, at the weekend, so there we go. <laughs> with um, with Vardy playing or certainly back in the squad and potentially playing tonight against against Burnley, Joel, there is this sense of he's back, he's got his cape on again, and he's here ready to to do the business for Leicester. But they can't keep doing this. He, he turned thirty five in January whilst he was out injured. He's not going to be around forever. There's probably not more than one more season that he's got at Leicester, and he has been so consistent for them whilst they've been in the Premier League, obviously going back to the title winning season. And ever since then, he's had a nice, solid, ticking average. I think he's had 15 plus in the Premier League every season since, bar one, which for a team like Leicester, who are not in the established top four, is a really, really strong level of consistency. But they're still throwing their eggs in the Jamie Vardy basket. He's been out for three months and they're now hanging the rest of their season on him. They're not going to go down. They're probably not going to get into Europe but Brendan Rodgers is being forced into a situation where he has to say Jamie we need you to do it again for us because despite the fact we've brought in all these players it's not working and we need you to do the rescue act again yeah I mean like you say nine goals and it's their highest top scorer and he's been out for what eight weeks now I think that tells you the entire story of what's going on at Leicester at the moment they just have no other goals in any other area of the team and when you've looked at in previous years you know you go back to that title winning side you had Mares scoring goals you even had Danny Drinkwater chipping in with goals and you had Okazaki chipping in with goals and now obviously yeah you have Pats and Daka here and there and like Ian said Ian Nacho he's not gone to the level that everyone thought he was going to go to after he left City but like you say, you can't... I, I have a bit of sympathy with Leicester just because of the fact that in this current football kind of environment, there's not um, there's a massive shortage of top-quality strikers. And when you've got a player like Jamie Vardy who is going to go down as a Premier League great, no doubt about it, he's so consistent every single year. He's 35 and he still has the pace of a 25-year-old in, in the way he plays. But of course, he's going to slow down eventually and Leicester I think they're trying to kind of transition out of 
that Jamie Vardy over reliance where they've tried to go with you know Patson Daka who at times you know he has he has shown glimpses but I just don't think and I think it's such a hard job to replace a guy like Jamie Vardy because like I say his consistency is phenomenal it's one of the best that the Premier League's ever seen so trying to replace that a guy who guided you to a Premier League title to your first Champions League campaign to FA Cups um I mean, how I don't understand how you transition away from that. It's going to take a lot of good recruitment, which I think that's the good thing Leicester have. It's the fact that they're amazingly good in recruitment. Um, as we've seen time and time again, when Kante's left, when Mares has left, when a good amount of them have left, they've managed to replace them with really good quality players. But when it comes to a striker, I think it's a different. It's an it's an area of the pitch which requires. An element of luck, but also the rest of the team has to be on his wavelength and it has to be the right player to fit the play style. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And you can see it for so many top clubs. I mean, look at Chelsea. They just got a £100 million man in Lukaku and it's not guaranteed success still. So they're going to have a big task. Um, and Vardy, you know, I think he's still probably got another two years in him. But like we say, he's 35. Sometimes the mind doesn't keep up with the body. And soon you know he's going to end up losing that yard of pace which has been the thing that has set him apart from which has made him so successful in the last few years so yeah I think for now they're okay but they're going to have to start looking at really easing him out and finding a a replacement because I just don't think Dakar is the guy to do that uh, before we take a break, call this for us, Ian. Form-wise, you'd have to tip for Burnley. As we say, they do have a good record against Leicester at Turf Moor. They've definitely still got something to play for, even if Leicester don't. Do you see this being another Burnley win and they just power on, or do you think Leicester could get something? Burnley are always a blooming nightmare to play against, aren't they? Especially if you're a team like Leicester, and you're not having the best time of it at the moment. They just they rough you up. They don't allow teams to play. Um, it's going to be... Um, a gritty night. Um, do you know what? My my inner chakra is saying 2-2. I'm going for a draw, but there will be goals. A thriller so in Lancashire. Stick your house on it being a nil-nil bore fest. <laughs> I think the chances of being... The <laughs> thing is with Burnley, I don't think you'd get any odds on it being a nil-nil. Any other team, a nil-nil will be seen as a bit of yeah, a wild prediction. I goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we'll just uh, Joel, what's your call on this? Leicester, we're probably doing Leicester down a little bit and obviously Vardy coming back. Hopefully he, he's sharp and he's ready to go. Will be a big plus for them. But Burnley just seem to be turning the wheel. Yeah, I'm guessing Vardy's going to probably start from the bench after coming back from a hamstring injury as well. I would my instinct says Burnley, but then every time I back, a, basically if you're betting on this game, go absolutely opposite of what I've picked. So I'm going for a Burnley win, which means Leicester have won. Okay, that's a that's a hell of a positive prediction on your own uh, on your own gut instinct. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw. I mean, logic and form and everything is tipping for Burnley, but I think Vardy, even just being around the squad, he, he does have that positive influence on the Leicester players, and I think I think they they're kind of maybe rowing for the manager a little bit. They know things are maybe coming to an end. Uh, I still think, and I've been saying it for weeks, I still think Burnley will stay up, but I think Leicester will get a point tonight and the relegation battle will get a bit more interesting this weekend. Right, we are going to grab a quick break. After the break, it is FA Cup duty. Manchester City, Crystal Palace and Tottenham all in action tonight. Three games tonight and three games tomorrow. We're going to be previewing Tuesday's action in just a second. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Tuesday edition of the podcast. As always, if you hit subscribe on this episode, you can get access to a brand new show every single day. All the way between now and the end of the season, here at FSD, we will be with you every step of the way. Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, everything all covered right here. Okay, so we're going to move on to the FA Cup. Ian, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Peterborough against Manchester City, top of the Premier League against bottom of the Championship. That demonstrates the difference in league positions. Peterborough find themselves in a really difficult position. They're more than likely going to be relegated down to the third tier. They brought in Grant McCann. He's had one game in charge and got beat at the weekend. Borough have only knocked out championship sides in the FA Cup so far this season, so there's no giant killing evidence knocking around. Man City are still in a position where they could win a treble. This should be routine for Pep. It should be, but this is the magic of the FA Cup. Oh, I say, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, there will be changes to the lineup, but it looks like um, it's probably going to be a fairly, even still, a, f- a fairly celebrity-laden lineup uh, facing uh, Peterborough uh, this evening. Um, I mean, some of the players that maybe haven't uh, played as big a part of, uh, as perhaps they have done recently will will get their chance. But you look at the predicted starting lineups online, and you know they're going with you know Edison in goal, Walker Stones, Ake, Zinchenko, Fernandinho, Gundogan, McTee, Jesus, Grealish, and Mares. And it doesn't sound like a bad second eleven, does it? So um, should do the job. And and he's, I think he's um, Pep rather rather he's uh, Pep is giving um, Jack Grealish. Uh, a little bit of freedom and you know in, in the press conference this week he's sort of said you know that he's putting too much pressure on himself he's getting obsessed with stats he's getting obsessed with what people are saying and you know that he's not living up to the price tag and all that he's just go out and play and it's what we've bought you for go out play football enjoy it well you know ignore the price tag stop worrying about these numbers i'll worry about the numbers you go and do your job and, and maybe that pressure of being the most expensive player has been getting to him and <clears throat> he sort of issued a cry really for him to go out and just just go out and do it just just be a, be a footballer it's we, we've paid for your talent you know we're not paying you to to repay us back in some way it, it's it's it shouldn't be something you have to worry about so um with that in mind you know he sort of issued a call there for Grealish to show what he can do and maybe we'll you know a, a game against a team like Peterborough as you say are not doing particularly well it's not the most glamorous place in football to go with the best will in the world although very convenient for the railway station um, but um, it will um, you know be a you know potentially a big confidence builder if Man City needed such a thing but uh, certainly for some players in the team to get a bit of extra time and uh, yeah it would be a shock, though, wouldn't it? If Peterborough did do it, that would be a giant killing. That would that would be a real dictionary definition of a of a giant killing. Obviously, the big news from Pep Guardiola's press conference is over Alexander Zinchenko, who is expected to start against Peterborough tonight. We we all saw the scenes at Goodison Park at the weekend where he was visibly moved by that show of solidarity towards the Ukrainian people. But Pep Guardiola said that it will be good for him to play to show the reason why he's at Manchester City. He's a magnificent player and he needs to play football. So Zinchenko to start in the City tonight should be a big boost and a, hopefully, well, I'm fairly confident confident he'll get a fantastic reception and um, moving on to Crystal Palace against Stoke Joel Palace have got a fairly okay record in the FA Cup in recent seasons lost to United in the final in 2016 quarter final appearance in 2019 and they probably find themselves in a position similarly to Leicester we mentioned in part one where they're okay to stay up 36 37 points is probably the new average to stay up the magic 40 point mark is probably an excess now you get yourself into mid-table uh, some seasons with that Palace have got 30 on the board so far they're okay they're not going down they're not really in any sort of danger of getting sucked into a relegation battle so with that in mind is there any excuse for Patrick Vieira not to just go for it I was reading something on on Twitter this week of a Crystal Palace podcast that I'm forgetting the name of that I follow and he said we just love one season in Europe they've got such a passionate fan base that they'd love the opportunity to go here there and everywhere in Europe whether it's Europa Conference League or Europa League to just experience a European campaign they have had an intertoto spell I think that was back in 2003 2004 time 
But they do seem like a team that if they got an opportunity to go away, the fans would love it. They'd be a good representation for English football. And they are safe. They, they don't need to be, you know, minding players for Premier League games. They're OK. Michael Alise has been brilliant in the FA Cup so far this season. Just go for it. They're in a bit of a, a no-man's land at the moment, aren't they? Where they're too far to be relegated, but they're also too far to go into the European places. Um, so it, it's a tricky one, at least with this situation they're in they can just throw everything at the FA Cup and just think right we can play the the most strong team we have um, because it's not going to jeopardise our Premier League form because there's not really much to play for now um, but I think you have to give so much credit to Patrick Vieira because I remember at the start of the season I mean, he had such a bad start and everyone was thinking, oh God, this is going to be another Frank de Boer situation where he literally loses all his games, gets sacked, and we're going to be on a managerial merry-go-round after Roy Hodgson. But he's really made a name for himself at Palace in this first season, um, which it wasn't a tricky job. For, sorry, it was a tricky job for him in terms of, you know, taking over Hodgson, who had Palace pretty well stabilised it was a stable ship over there they had some good talented attacking players he's made some good uh, signings like Conor Gallagher and Mark Guayi and Edson Edouard they've got a really pretty young and talented squad but it's a case of just that's where they are at the season at the moment I think any Palace fan would have taken where they are at the moment considering just what teams are battling out of the bottom you know who would have thought that Everton would be just bridging over the relegation zones whereas Palace are pretty much home and dry so I'm sure they're, they're happy this season and I'm sure that next season they'll be wanting to go one step further but I mean just going back you know magic magic of the cup for a second I think magic of the cup would be Manchester City getting someone outside of the league two in a draw that would be magic <laughs> of the cup um, <laughs> so yeah but um, you know with Palace I'll never forget when they last got to an FA Cup final and it was against my team Manchester United and uh, Pardew really thought that he'd won it in the 80th minute started doing that infamous out of rhythm dance to the camera and then suddenly it all fell down around him and we were victorious so I don't have much sympathy for Palace in this one but let's see how well they do um, so we're going for Manchester City to win against Peterborough Palace uh, Joel at home to Stoke are you going for a Palace win? Yeah, you would think so. I think they're just going to throw everything out this and they've got nothing to lose, have they, considering they're in pretty fine form in the Premier League. OK, right, we're going to move on to the other Premier League tie tonight. Um, another connection with yourself, Ian. It's kind of been a bit like the Ian Brannan show. Middlesbrough against Tottenham. We're going to talk about Leeds in part three. Uh, this is why we've drafted you in on Tuesday as a kind of Leeds, I can see now why there was expert. a, a late, uh, late evening clamour for my for my services on a Tuesday. And I, I can see that the, yeah. the, you, you've done well. The, the, the talk topics are, are right up my street as I would say. We have, that's, we, we, you're an expert in this, so that, that's why we drafted you in. So, <laughs> it's a um, niche, it's a niche, I admit <laughs> that Chris Wilder, Middlesbrough, Leeds and, um, yeah, America yeah. Uh, are three things you, I do know about, so. Well, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to go with you, the, like the Jonathan Woodgate of football podcasts, that's what oh, you are, you're the Jonathan Woodgate figure. <laughs> right. Um, right, so, Borough against Spurs tonight, the other Borough, obviously Peterborough against Manchester City, and there'll be a lot of attention, a lot of focus on, on Middlesbrough, beating United at Old Trafford in the last round. They've been good under Chris Wilder, 10 wins in 18, and they're on the periphery of the Championship playoff race, and that'll be where their focus is. That's the, the bread and butter for, for Chris Wilder, trying to get them back into the Premier League. And on the other side of the coin, it's difficult to get a handle on what exactly is going on with Spurs, mainly because Antonio Conte is so erratic after the Burnley defeat in midweek last week, it was curtains. He was talking about meetings with the club and maybe he was going to step away. And then they go and beat Leeds at the weekend and he's back praising the players again. It's a roller coaster with him. And he, we know that he likes this kind of high wire act. They did get the reaction against Leeds after losing against Burnley. But Conte's entire brief for being brought into Spurs was the serial winner tag that he mightn't be around forever. But while he's there, generally he gets you at least one trophy to get your hands on. And he needs to win this tonight to do that because this is the only option they have for a piece of silverware. Well, Conte might be a serial winner, but Tottenham aren't, are they? You know, we know the story with Tottenham. The, Amen. The, well, you know, the, the, the team at this moment in time don't have any experience of winning anything. 
and haven't done for years. You know, it's a bit of a running joke in London, isn't it, about Tottenham's trophy cabinet and all the rest of it. Um, Middlesbrough, on the other hand, you know, probably do have a bit more experience of that. And certainly, I think, you know, Chris Wilder and the way that he plays, as he's seeing in the championship, he's starting to get results. And one thing that they will experience tonight that they didn't experience at the weekend is that they'll experience what it's like to play against a defence because Leeds didn't really put any sort of resistance because they didn't have a defence particularly because half of them were injured and the other half were all over the shop. And they were playing against the Leeds United side where Stuart Dallas was one-on-one with an open goal and decided to take another three or four taps just to make sure that, you know, it was an open goal. You know, it was a ridiculous match, that one. It's not going to be the same tonight against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough are going to make it difficult. They're going to be a nightmare to play against. If Conte changes his side and puts some of the kids out, which invariably top Premier League sides will make changes, you know, that could cost them. I I think they're in for a rough ride. As Man United find out, you know, they're in for a rough ride, Middlesbrough. And, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting... um, an interesting sort of situation, I think, uh, and, and probably a bit of a shock. And, you know, Conte could be back in that place where he was a week ago, where he's, um, you know, throwing his, his future into into question again, because this is not going to be the sort of game that Antonio Conte has got much experience of. You know, he's not, he, he's a European manager, he's used to managing you know, Inter Milan or Chelsea or being involved in national sides and big occasions like that. He's not used to Middlesbrough on a Tuesday night. Who is, no. frankly? Who is used to Middlesbrough? You know, it's, you, a, it's a tasty place. You, you're, you're, he needs you. All he needs you on the bench. That's what he needs. Oh, he, he, but it is going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a, a tense atmosphere. I know that um, people have been trying to get tickets for this for, for a while now, ever since the, you know, the tie was announced. Um, it's going to be a sellout. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big match, a big match, and a Middlesbrough side will be fully fired up to cause an upset. Because this is their moment. Tottenham probably got their eye elsewhere. It's got this has got giant killing written over it. Definitely, at least penalties. Joel, you're in an unfortunate position to have a, a fairly painful view of Middlesbrough so far this season after they dumped United out. This, when you look at the three games tonight, this is the most likely for a shock. Palace are at home against the Championship side, and, and Man City, as you mentioned, are powering on for a treble. Could this be an upset? We've seen what Middlesbrough can do. They did get a bit of luck or a couple of bits of luck at Old Trafford, let's be honest. But in this situation, in this scenario that Ian has painted so so beautifully, could there be an upset here for Conte and Spurs? Yeah, well, just to go back to the United and Middlesbrough game, I remember I was in the stands with all the Middlesbrough fans literally on top of us. And the amount of chances we missed that game, I felt like running on the pitch and just putting one in myself because they just couldn't find the back of the net. Um, So, you know, they didn't play amazingly well. There was a lot of luck in that game where United should have killed it off in the first half pretty much um, but I think with Tottenham there's a there's a hell of a lot of pressure riding on this game which I don't think many have seen yet and it's the fact that it's Tottenham's only chance at a trophy this season and obviously that's what Conte's been brought in to do like sure you know he can get top four and everyone's happy that, about it And but I mean with Spurs they've done that for the last like what six years not every season but I mean with Pochettino they were consistently getting into it they got very close obviously in 2019 but Tottenham need to just win a trophy that's like the bottom line at the moment anything other than the Carabao Cup which you know in a way is kind of meaningless I would say but something like the FA Cup I think is so important for a team like Tottenham just because they just they need they need something to show for all this work that's been going on in the last eight years Um, it just feels like you know, a kind of um, a flash in the pan type team where they, they, they light up the Premier League. Everyone says how well they play, but they just don't have any silverware to show for it. And I think Conte probably knows this and he'll go for it. But Conte's not got a great record himself in domestic competitions, um, especially well, he won one FA Cup. But I think in terms of going for domestically, it's going to be a very tricky tie. Uh, considering the fact that you know Tottenham have just not not got a good record in the FA Cup at all in recent years, so it's a, there's a lot riding on this one. Um, and Middlesbrough will fancy themselves 100% after winning at Old Trafford, so it's going to be a very very tricky tie. But I think there's a hell of a lot of pressure riding on Tottenham, and if they don't get top four as well, I mean the right could be on the wall in terms of the end of the season. Conte may feel as though he's not the guy to continue. 
Give us, a, give us a shout on this then, Joel, before we take a break. If we're saying that Man City and Palace are in the hat for the next round, is it Wilder or is it Conte? I'm, I'm going to say Tottenham for this one. But I mean, I, I just don't fancy them to go further than the next round, to be honest. that There's just... It's just something about them where when they get to those stages where they could potentially step over the line, they just don't do it. But, you know, when you've got Conte on your side, who knows? But yeah, I, I fancy Tottenham for this one. Ian, where's your money? M- Borough or, uh, or Spurs? Up the Borough, definitely. And a, a tray of Budweiser's back in Chris Wilder's hotel room afterwards. All good. That sounds like a hell of a night. You convinced me, yeah. Uh, back with yeah. the Budweiser's with Chris Wilder. I'm going for Borough as well. Um, and I agree with Joel that if it was Spurs, I think if they got a Liverpool or a City in the next round, or even a Chelsea, they'd probably get knocked out. So yeah, Chris Wilder and Borough to uh, to go through. And another shock for uh, for Chris Wilder and Middlesbrough. Right, we are going to take another break. After the break, it is Leeds. Yes, there is a new man in charge at Elland Road. Jesse March has been announced as Leeds United's new manager, taking over from Marcelo Bielsa. And luckily for Marsh, he's got a nice easy start because he has to dig Leeds United out of the relegation scrap. Is he the man to do it? Ian's going to be giving us the lowdown on Jesse in just a second. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily. We are talking Leeds United. Marcelo Bielsa's time at Elland Road has come to an end. The club probably through gritted teeth and made the decision to sack the Argentinian and his replacement has been announced just 48 hours later. No messing around from the Leeds United board as Jesse March has been confirmed as manager on a deal until the end of 24-25. Long-term contract, but short-term aims for the moment. Just looking through Jesse Marsh's CV, um, he did the double-double when he was at RB Salzburg in 1920 and 2021 and then moved on 20. Wow. 1920. He's been around a long time. You thought. Oh, the, right. Yeah. So 2020, 1920. Oh, blimey. He's over 100 years old. <laughs> now, that is experience. experience. Well, hold on. Yeah. Leeds want an experienced manager. Here's a manager who's been around for a century. <laughs> you've got uh, you've got experience in, in excess in uh, in this one. Um, before we get into actually the serious stuff of what he's like as a manager, Ian, I've been working on some cheesy lines. Now, you're a man who enjoys a cheesy line. So the best, hey. that, the best that I could come up with was. Mm. Marching on together. What do you make of that? Ah, it, it's it's good. It actually works better because it's march. Uh, march is uh, is how it's pronounced. So it's marching on together. It works oh, perfectly. Come on, listen. Yeah. Let's right. Once we Brilliant. finish recording, we're going to get that copyrighted, and we're going to make our millions, and then we're going to invest. I think them- somebody's already done it. Oh well. Okay. Well, if they haven't, we're going to get it trademarked, and then we're going to invest the money in buckets, and then we're going to become millionaires. Um, yeah. Enough about buckets, because unfortunately, no one's going to be sitting on a bucket at Ellen Road for a while, uh, unless people choose to, you never know. Um, What is the situation with Jesse March coming in? Because there's so much conversation around the type of manager that he is, and particularly on Twitter, there's a lot of people splitting hairs about the tactical approach that he is going to bring to Leeds. And that is important, that is relevant, and it is good that Leeds are appointing for the future. They're not bringing someone in on 
a six month or an 18 month contract just to see them over the line but the stone cold job in front of Jesse March right now is keeping Leeds United in the Premier League there's no there's no two ways about it that is what he has to do right here and right now and this is the balancing act that Leeds have to strike because I say through gritted teeth they sacked Bielsa that was the case he's loved he's an iconic figure at Elland Road you have to get this right. When you sack a manager right in the middle of a relegation battle and it goes wrong, it's a disaster. Jesse March has come in. There's a lot of positivity around the direction that he could take the club. But I think I said to you in the intro, no one's going to be talking about double sixes or single pivots if Leeds United are playing in the championship next season. No, no, you're right. Um, it's, it, it is an interesting move um, for people probably outside of the footballing sphere and, and certainly those outside of the Leeds United orbit um, um, indeed, indeed, indeed fans but I'm talking about you know within Leeds um, they've had him in their sights for two years they've been tracking him um, this is not like a, a knee-jerk reaction let's just see who's available and give him a ring it, you've, you've got to pretty much assume that he was the man that was going to take over Leeds United this summer. It was widely believed that Bielsa was, you know, this was going to be his last contract. He, he was going to uh, walk at the end uh, of this current season, regardless of whatever happened. Um, and so they they needed a backup plan, and they always needed a backup plan anyway, because Bielsa famously always leaves it to the very, very last minute to, to sign his contracts. And there's always been that danger that Bielsa might just go. You know, he's, 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 he's done it before. Everywhere he's been, Leeds United is the club that he's served the longest in his entire career. Um, he's, he's never lasted that long anywhere else. So this is the end of Bielsa's longest reign of his entire life. Um, so they've had this plan up their sleeve. Uh, obviously, that's been expedited a little bit. That's probably the reason that work permits aren't probably fully in place yet, which they are expected to be. So it's not really going to be a problem. But you know, there's a bit of paperwork still to go where usually you wouldn't sort of announce a manager and then say the subject to work permits. Um, so it's been a long time in the workings, and, and this is since he was at, at Red Bull Salzburg. Since then, yes, he went to Leipzig, and people will look at those results and say, well, he didn't do well there, but look what he did do at Salzburg is, is the message. And prior to that, you know, elsewhere, people who know him, people who have worked with him, when he was the assistant boss uh, in the USA national team, there was a big debate about this on um, on TV in America. I saw a video of, um, it was on a, a, NBC, and they had some ex-USA uh, players there. Um, Tim Howard, I think, was one of them, uh, saying, you know, he's brilliant. This, this, this guy can't believe that he hasn't been in the Premier League before now. You know, and if you're going to take over a team, Leeds United is the perfect one to take over because the the players are already playing his style pretty much. That's that's the battle is getting people to this high energy, high impact pressing football that Leeds have been known for until now. You know, it's going to be that, but modified, and probably that is the biggest thing that. You know, if there was any criticism of Bielsa, it was probably the stubbornness. There was there was famously no Plan B. Plan Plan B was Plan A again, um, but just keep going until eventually it worked, and that works so much. But when you're missing so many key players that Leeds have missed, when you've been without Calvin Phillips since the start of December, Patrick Bamford pretty much the entire season, um, Liam Cooper, there's been about nine or ten key absentees but you know none more key than Calvin Phillips who really was the engine room of how Leeds played since he's not been playing um, which was you know uh, start of December he went off injured um, but they've not kept a clean sheet since the end of November so it, the two do tie together and Leeds have always struggled without Calvin Phillips but he's on the verge of coming back hopefully fingers crossed hopefully get um, Bamford back but the biggest difference will be just a change in system that still playing high-tempo football, high-pressure, moving the ball, running quick. You know, the Leeds team uh, run further than any other team in the Premier League. There's a stats there to back that up. 
so the running and all this kind of stuff is there. They just need to firstly sort the defence out, which has been an absolute shambles, but that's partly due to the fact that they're running out of players in defence. They're all injured. They're playing midfielders practically in defence in points. And, um, and and just varying the style of their play, relying too much on the wings. You know, the, Everything has come down the wing, which is great. Fantastic way of playing football. Classic way of doing it. But when that's not working then what do you do? And that's been the issue. There's been nothing down the middle. Um, Man-marking has been probably their downfall lately as well because teams have got wise to it. So we're going to see zonal marking. We're going to see um, adaptations of formations during games, which hasn't really happened under Bielsa, certainly recently. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see. It, it's To me, um, we might be proved wrong, but to me it seems like all the good stuff that Bielsa brought, the excitement, fast football a bit like how Liverpool play actually in terms of style is what he likes to subscribe to but with a plan B and that's you know that's going to be a big thing because Leeds you know if that plan wasn't working within the first five minutes the rest of the game just carried on like that it wasn't like oh we're going to you know yeah change some personnel but otherwise it was the same plan so we'll have to wait and see and also this stubbornness with Bielsa goes back to signings as well. You know, he'd sign a new player, and with the exception of Rafinha, most players sort of sit in the reserves for six weeks before he used them. And in the last transfer window, despite all the injuries, despite knowing that Calvin Phillips is going to be out until March, despite knowing that Patrick Bamford is out for an indeterminate amount of time, we don't know when he's going to come back, he decided not to sign anybody new because he felt that sticking with what he knew was a better option than bringing an outsider in. And they had the chance of signing Donny van der Beek and Harry Winks and turn them both down. Um, and you've got to look at that decision now and where Everton are, for example, and think, well, maybe that decision wasn't so great when you know your, your transfer strategy basically was, I'd rather wait for Calvin Phillips to come back than actually yeah. get anybody in. And, and, and that is what's costing them. And perhaps the stubbornness with Bielsa is the thing but you know his legacy is going to go on forever he is going to be forever a Leeds United icon um, the, you know there's not many managers who have crowds of people outside the training ground wanting autographs and to, to shake his hand and stuff after you've been fired I don't think it's ever happened in uh, in Sam Allardyce's career usually <laughs> so, you know so he's revered there's going to be statues or something uh, some permanent memorial um, or shrine or whatever you want to call it to uh, to the work of, of Marcelo Bielsa because you can't forget what he's done but I think it's just time to you know same same sort of philosophy, but through different eyes is is where it's at. Sorry, that was a really long answer to probably what was a very simple question, but I just went off on one. It was a very it was almost a Bielsa esque answer. That's you've just channeled. Yes, yeah. well, I'm doing it in his yeah. memory. You see, I'm, it's just, what he would have wanted. Yeah, you've just channeled. Yeah. You've just channeled your inner Bielsa. I do, I do. I do agree that the defensive numbers. Just looking through Leeds's form um, in the last few weeks, they are the big standout stats. Leeds have conceded 60 goals this season, more than anyone else in the Premier League in 26 games. Norwich on 55, and then when you look at the teams that are around Leeds in the table, it's it's. it's negative reader Newcastle are the closest with 45 and that's 15 less goals and they've conceded 20 in the last five games so Jesse March has got a big job on his hand um, organising that the question that I did want to ask you before we wrap up Ian we can talk about again tactics and systems and, and how he approaches certain things but a huge part of the relegation battle is mentality and strategy. Sean Dyche, we go all the way back to part one, is probably the perfect example in the Premier League right now. There's a really interesting quote that's come from uh, from the German media this morning about Jesse March and his time at Leipzig. Leipzig chief executive Oliver Mintzlaff revealed that March came in, spoke to him personally and the club's hierarchy twice in four months at Leipzig to question whether he and the right, he and the club were the right fit, whether he was the man to take over from Nagelsmann and to lead Leipzig. Now, I'm not trying to get Marsh off on a bad footing, but when you need to come into a situation and be single-minded about your goal, be confident in what you're doing, block out all the outside noise because you've got 12 games to keep Leeds United in the Premier League, does that maybe concern Leeds fans about his mentality? Well, 
Maybe. I'm, I'm sure that there's probably, you know, some mitigating circumstance on that. I don't think he probably... <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, imagining him like Ned Flanders popping his head around the dog and, hey, am I the right man? And uh, I'm not sure that that probably was the case. I'm, you know, it was a... I saw an article about his time at Leipzig yesterday basically saying that he was the right man at the wrong time. Uh, not that he was the wrong man. You know, that, that this, is a, this is a top coach. He will be or is a top coach. We don't know him that well just because he's not really done it in this country at all. But within football, he is regarded as one of the next generation top coaches um, and, and has done it, of course, at Salzburg. And so, yeah, Leeds have been tracking him for a long time. They're convinced that he's the right guy. Um, he's going to have to get um, some results f- from Leeds, as you say, in a very short space of time. Leeds have got a fairly decent six fixtures on the way, which, you know, whilst there's no easy fixture in, in the Premier League, it's certainly as good as it gets kind of thing. Uh, and they've got the big boys out of the way now, which is the good thing for Leeds. I don't think they have too many of the, what you call, you know, the top six left. They've played them pretty much one after the other and been stuffed. And um, it, to be honest, I don't think that anybody really, if you're a Leeds United or any team in the bottom half, would put your fixtures against Man United or Man City or Tottenham or Liverpool down as, as sort of winnable fixtures. You, you know, I think it'd be sensible to write those off. It was more the manner of the defeat, the fact that they were getting stuffed. This, the last four games have conceded 17 goals and scored two. You know, that's the problem, rather than they're not getting the three points. Uh, online, um, one of the things that Jesse March is sort of known for outside of uh, the teams that he's managed is the um, the team talks that he gives. And, and there are some available on, on YouTube. Uh, team talk that he gave Salzburg when they played against Liverpool is the most famous one where he's doing it half in English and half in German, which might keep the translator in business. You never know. Um, so he's uh, he, he, but it was it, it's sort of held up as one of the great team talks. So from that point of view, if anybody's going to actually get these players going, get a rocket up their backsides and G them up, then you know he's got to be one of the guys. And as I say, this is why they've, they've hired him. They think he can do it. Similar playing styles. Um, and the other thing at play here as well, and you know, in many ways some fans I've seen are, are sort of sceptical here, is that the San Francisco 49ers are major shareholders in Leeds United now. Um, it's widely expected that that will increase uh, to the point that it will become part of the San Francisco 49ers um, business, um, which would which would make Leeds a very, very rich club. So that's one of these things that's being done in the background. Um, but obviously having an American coach with what's likely to be the next owners, certainly as it stands, the next owners of Leeds United likely to be, you know, say, Americans, San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, is there a link there as well that perhaps he's their man? Um, who knows? But, you know, it's um, T-shirt cannons and uh, all the razzmatazz of, uh, of, of, of the NFL, I think, is certainly coming to a small suburb of LS11. So, uh, yeah, let's see how it goes, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it makes a change from uh, from coffee and Costa yeah. and Weatherby. But Bielsa, as you say, will be uh, will be definitely missed from the Premier League. Just a quick look at March's March for Leeds, um, Le- Leicester City away this weekend, Villa at home. Norwich at home and then Wolves away before the international break and you get the sense that he needs to get a few points on the board from those games if he wants to keep Leeds out of the relegation zone. We're going to call it there for today's edition of the Football Social Daily. Ian, Joel, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. I can't believe we've got through the Pancake Day episode without calling anyone a tosser. But, uh, <laughs> we were close. We it's been a pleasure. You can do that off air. Go for it, Ian. Thanks so much, Joel, for your time. <laughs> thank you. Well. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Great stuff indeed. As always, you know the drill by now. Hit subscribe up the top there and you can get access to a brand new show every single day. Here at FSD, we are your daily source of all things Premier League. So don't forget to check out the episode tomorrow. Be more FA Cup action and building up to another, yes, another big weekend of Premier League action. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.